Life Audio. Coming up on this episode of Encouragement for You, apologist Josh McDowell tells us how to become free to thrive. Then author Bill Hendricks discusses The Person Called You. Welcome to the Encouragement for You podcast, brought to you by Encouragement Communications in association with the Salem Web Network and is part of the Life Audio Faith Toolkit series. For more inspirational, faith-affirming podcasts, visit lifeaudio.com. In just a moment, your host, Don Hawkins, will introduce today's episode. First, a word from our sponsors. Looking for ways to stay positive? Brighten your day with the free story behind podcast. Hear weekly short stories that showcase true joy, love, and hope. Listen now at lifeaudio.com or by searching for Story Behind wherever you get your podcasts. The Historical Jesus Podcast is the sweeping saga of the life and times of Galilean Jesus of Nazareth as well as the faith, religion, and church founded to honor and disseminate his acts and teachings. Join me, Mark Vinette, on this fascinating journey through time, exploring the many great works of Christian theology, literature, architecture, music, and art inspired by the words and deeds of Jesus Christ. Becoming Free to Thrive, author and apologist Josh McDowell joins host Don Hawkins to tell us how to deal with our past hurts and longings and become free to thrive. All of us would like to thrive, and we're going to talk about how you can be free to thrive. My guest is author, apologist, youth speaker, and longtime friend, Josh McDowell. Josh has authored or co-authored over 150 books, but there's something special about this newest book you've written, Free to Thrive. Tell us about it, if you will. Well, I've learned over the years in ministry and all, and rubbing shoulders with a lot of I don't like to call them Christian leaders, Christian influencers around the world. Yeah. And I found that most people, leaders or what, are haunted by things in their background. There's longings and everything that many of them are not aware of, but it's affecting their very life and joy and happiness. And so I decided I'm going to write a book that just might help people to find out what are those things that are haunting you. And... Um, how can you experience the seven longings in a very dynamic way in your life, which the longings are acceptance, appreciation, affection, access, attention, affirmation of our feelings, and assurance of safety. Hmm. We all desire that in our life. And there's often things in our background that hinder us from having that. It almost always goes to a relationship. 99% of the time, yeah. and uh, it be relationships that heal it. <laughs> the problem is caused by a relationship, and the solution takes place usually through a relationship. Yeah, and that's kind of intriguing because God created us for relationships, starting with Adam and Eve and then moving through uh, family members where there was some conflict in that very first family. A couple of brothers uh, didn't get along with each other. One of them killed the other one. So uh, problems in relationships— 
Certainly, many of us have experienced that today. And I love the alliteration that you and Ben Bennett came up with on those seven longings. Uh, By the way, if you want to get a copy of this book, Free to Thrive is available for order at josh.org slash thrive. It's also available wherever books are sold, Christian or secular. Again, the title of the book is Free to Thrive, How Your Hurt, Struggles, and Deepest Longings Can Lead to a Fulfilling Life. Uh, Josh, talk about the experiences in, in your own personal journey that led you to write this book. Most of our uh, problems that we face when we get into the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s go back to relationships and I'm convinced through the years of working with people and research and all, so much of it goes back to the relationship with the father. Hmm. Not so much the mother, but the father. The father has an incredible impact in a child's life. And I remember I was about 11 years old, and my father had been drinking. If he was sober, I don't think he ever would have said this. And we were walking out to the barn, and he just stopped and looked at me, and he said, You know, you're worthless. We never really wanted you. All you're good for is for working the fields. Hmm. And he turned around and just kept walking to the barn. Well, that hit me to the core. Yeah. And um, over the years, it's affected me. One way it affected me, and I'm glad I was aware of it. I had to make sure that what I was doing was not trying to please my dad, but I was doing it because the Lord led me to do it. And I would often stop and say, you know, I'm doing this to kind of get my father, even though he's passed away and dead, to get his acceptance. And I wasn't really freed up until I was free to do what the Lord led me to do, emotionally, uh, feelings, actions, thinking, everything. And Josh, that's an amazing insight that God has given you to that. And I suspect that uh, you guys have done some research and have some statistics on the coping and the unwanted behaviors, including in the church and even Christian leaders. You know, research shows, and this is probably the key statistic, that 70% of teens, now, (laughs) that's a lot of teens, 70% say that their peers daily experience anxiety and depression in their lives. That's incredible. Yeah. Hmm. That 70 out of 100 teens will say, my friends are facing anxiety and depression in their lives. And that right there shows how widely spread it is. Hmm. But all the research shows that the majority of people, all of us are haunted by our past. The thing is, we need to deal with our past. God is relevant in that area to renew our minds. Boy, in Romans 12, and it says, by the renewing of your mind, that's probably one of the biggest things we have to do is renew Hmm. our minds in our walk with Christ. Uh, Josh, you've identified those seven uh, longings, unmet longings, and uh, not only you, but every single one of us to some degree has experienced some of those because, as you said, we live in a fallen world. And you've also pointed out from Romans 12, too, that God wants to transform us by the renewing of our minds. And the result of that can be that we can experience the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And uh, if we're living in Romans 12, too, I would say we're free to thrive, wouldn't you? Uh, I would, but the key is to live in that area. And I think we need relationships to help us there. This is why we need to make sure in our lives that we have relationships by purposeful people 
who want to bring us closer to Christ, not take us away, not tear us away, uh, not create poor behavior in our lives, but to create solutions in Christ. Uh, But boy, some people, I guess, because of these uh, deficiencies in their lives, these needs and longings that we all have in common, uh, it makes it really hard for us to experience that. We can't find acceptance. We can't find appreciation or affection or access or attention or affirmation of our feelings or the assurance of safety. And uh, boy, if we're struggling in any or all of those ways, it's really tough. What can we do about that? Well, we need to realize that all of our um, unhealthy behavior patterns that we see in our lives, whether it's losing our temper, being impatient with people, whatever, we need to realize that behind them are some deep longings that we have. And the biggest thing is to find out why do I behave this way? For example, for me, uh, one of the seven longings is we want to be accepted. We want to be accepted for who we are and the way we are. And I never experienced that with my dad. And after I became a believer, God brought a number of believers around my life. And little by little, they accepted me for who I was. That blew my mind. And uh, I remember reasoning this way. If God accepts me the way I am, others accept me the way I am. Why can't I accept myself the way I am? And that caused a revolution in my life. I started thanking God for how he was working in my life, bringing friends into my life, showing me things about my unhealthy behavior and how it goes back to one of these longings. What really helped me, I went to counseling, but it wasn't just the the pastor, a church counselor. I went to a professional counselor. Yeah. It was Henry, Dr. Henry Cloud. And uh, I was right at the height of my ministry. I mean, I was speaking all over the world. People were quoting me, everything. Yeah. And uh, I knew something was wrong. So I called Henry and I said, Henry, I need your help. There's a problem. And uh, I said, I need your help. And for one year, Every time I came home, I went up and spent anywhere from an hour to two hours with uh, Dr. Cloud. And I remember the first few times he just listened to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He would ask questions, listen to me. And then what blew my mind, and you need someone in your life that can do this, he took scripture and spoke it into my life with the different issues that I was facing. Yeah. Scripture that I never even knew there was scripture in the Bible that identified that that problem in my life, or had a solution for it. And after one year, I became so much healthier. See, behind your unwanted behavior, there's one of these longings. Acceptance, appreciation, affection, to have access, attention, affirmation of our feelings, and assurance of safety. And I encourage people to take each one of those and ask, Am I experiencing this? Is this a reality in my life? If not, what do I do about it? And boy, would the book take you through some steps on each one of these. It's a process, though. It doesn't happen overnight. God almost always works through processes, not events. Often an event can start a process. But in healing us, God uses time. Time and truth leads to healthy healing. Time and truth. Hmm. 
Sounds like a great formula. But we, we sort of like things instantly. You know, we live in a microwave generation. We, we like to have uh, some people still drink instant coffee. Not me, not you, but others. But we, you know, we pray, God, give me patience and give it to me right now. It doesn't work that way, does it? <laughs> give me patience and give it to me right now. Uh, no, it doesn't. You know, every behavior in our life has a cause. And this is why I pray with a book that many Christian influencers will read it. Because what I think it can do is walk you through some steps that all of a sudden you say, you know, I haven't dealt with that in my life. Now, you don't want to become ultra introspective. Just think on these things, read them, evaluate them, and let the Holy Spirit convict you. Uh, don't spend your whole lifetime just studying your past. But yeah. God wants us to look at our past, commit it to Him, and grow through it. We'll be back with more after this brief word from our sponsors. Hello, this is Dr. Doug Grothuis, host of Truth Tribe, where we seek the truth through reason and evidence about what matters most. And we are not tribal since truth is for everyone. Please join me at the Truth Tribe as I discuss the reasons for Christian faith, the Christian worldview, and moral issues such as abortion and gender ideology. To listen now, go to lifeaudio.com or search Truth Tribe on your favorite podcast app. Are you wondering what your next steps are, what your purpose is, or what God wants you to do with your life? Bill Hendricks, president of the Giftedness Center, talks about the person called you. Bill is the co-founder and president of the Global Center for Giftedness. They resource a worldwide movement aimed at unleashing people's giftedness for human flourishing. Bill, you are obviously flourishing, and it's great to have you back, brother. Don, it's good to be with you. Now, this is brand new, this Global Center for Giftedness. Tell us about it. Well, for the last 25 going on 30 years, I've had a consulting practice here in the Dallas area called the Giftedness Center, helping Mm -hmm. people think through their life and career directions based on what they're born to do, what God's designed them to do, what we call their giftedness. And in recent years have been uh, burdened by the fact that, you know, there's 8 billion people in the world and all of them have been designed by God for a purpose. Yeah. But most of them will not find out what that, that purpose is, what that giftedness is without another person. And so what we're aiming to do is to create what I like to call an army or a movement of what we call giftedness guides, people Hmm. who with some modest orientation and training could help somebody else discover something about their giftedness and then begin to act on it. I read your book this afternoon. It's got a a great, great title. I I love the the concept. It it all comes down to your giftedness. Mm. The person called you. Mm -hmm. Uh, You really know how to get people's attention with that. And then I love the three questions in the subtitle. Why are you here? Why do you matter? What should you do with your life? Now, is this mainly for young people or would this be relevant for older people? This is absolutely relevant for people right up into retirement because Mm -hmm. 
everybody's trying to figure out what should I be doing with my life. Yeah, and maybe the word next sometimes enters that picture. Absolutely. You yeah. know, the the question people often ask is that we joke around and say, I need to figure out what to do when I grow up. Yeah. But the reality is that never that question never goes away. It's kind of sure. the wrong question. The real question is, what am I going to do next? Because whatever you're doing right now, it's going to come to an end, and then you got to figure out what to do next. Yeah. You know, for me, Proverbs 24, 5 is really a great verse. It ends with a man of understanding strengthens his strengths. Mm-hmm. Uh, the English translation increases your strength. Yes. But it really seems to me that that verse encapsulates a lot of what you're talking about in giftedness, uh, because God wants us to have understanding into the giftedness that he's put into us. And, and you use Psalm 139 yes. as a biblical background backdrop for this. To each and every person, God has given some some strength, as it were. Some, we call it their giftedness. It's what they're born to do. Yeah. For one person, they love to solve problems. Never met a problem they didn't want to solve. Mm-hmm. Somebody else, they want to understand something at a very deep level. Somebody else, they want to build something, get a finished product. Yeah. I mean, we could go on and on all night about the different forms of giftedness that there are. But to each and every person, God has given some ability, some strength that's that's unique to them and and it's really the essence of of how they can contribute to the world. Now, one of the things that you say in your book that really intrigued me is that ninety percent of people have been shamed for their giftedness. Well, that's right, that's right, and it's usually by people that are well intentioned, like parents or teachers or siblings or peers, whatever. Hmm. And the way it works is the person will notice something that's actually true about the person's strengths. Yeah. But they will use a negative label to describe it. The classic person is the one who wants to get everything just right, just so, everything yes. in its place. Well, mm-hmm. what do we call them? Call mm-hmm. them a perfectionist. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, Obsessive, a, compulsive. You know, we hang yeah, those titles exactly. on them. Yeah. And, and that's a kind of a way of getting at the truth about them, but in an inherently negative way. Yeah. You know, if I have a brain surgery, that's mm-hmm. the person I want on the job. You know, the, the, the get it right person, you know, yeah. you don't want somebody for whom good enough is good enough. Yeah. Uh, one of the points that you make is that identifying your giftedness is important, but it's not enough. Right. Talk about that, please. Well, just knowing giftedness is, is simply information. Information doesn't do much for most people. Information alone doesn't transform your life. For that, you've got to act on that information. But as I just mentioned, for most people to do that, they need another person not only to help them discover their giftedness, but then to begin to act on it. People go through all kinds of assessment. You know, there's tons of assessment out there. If it was doing any good, we would see people engage with work that fits them and love and life. But we see just the opposite. The Gallup organization keeps track of what it calls employee engagement. And uh, upwards to 80% of the world's workers are not engaged with their work. It's just a job. It's just a paycheck. And some people, they hate their job. And so assessment alone is not doing the job. What they need is somebody to walk alongside them and help them act on the insights that they gain from whatever assessment of their giftedness they get. That sounds a lot like something that turns my crank, and that is encouragement. Encouragement. That's exactly what mentoring is about. Yeah. Uh, And there's one thing that you outlined in the book that I thought was really helpful. You had four steps, giftedness, vision, planning, and working your plan. Right. Take us through those steps. Yeah. For a lot of people, they're just thinking, oh, I need to find my next job. 
And the next job's important, but it's not nearly as important as important as the question, where's your life going? And and that leads to the thought that you create a vision for your life. The the question, as I say, it's not so much what the next job is, but if if you indeed have this giftedness, let's assume that you discover what it is. You really trust it. You lean into it. You give it every advantage by way of experience, education, mentoring, and time. Where could that lead you in 20, 25 years? Where could that go? And you do a little bit of dreaming with with God's help. And the point is that you then get kind of a north star of the direction you're headed. Mm, yeah. All right, so now we've got giftedness, we've got a vision, and now you start to create a plan how am I going to get from here to there? What steps would I need to take? Maybe I do need some more education. Maybe I need some certification. Maybe I need some experience. Maybe I need a team. Whatever that vision is, it'll it'll help you figure out the plan of how you're going to get from here to there, and then you work the plan. There's yeah. a purpose to your gift. God yeah. gave it to you because he wants you to accomplish something in this world. Mm-hmm. That's out of Ephesians 2.10, which you're called God's workmanship, which means his made thing, his crafted thing. Yeah. And he's crafted you, according to that verse, for specific good works that correspond to the nature of the workmanship. And workmanship is just another fancy word, a, a different sort of way of talking about giftedness. I, as I recall, that's the word from which we get the English word poem. That's correct. A made yeah, thing. Poema. Yeah. yeah Something made. It says that those good works were prepared by God in eternity. Yeah. And then God made you the way he made you because you're the perfect yeah. vessel, the perfect tool for those specific good works. You know, we think about sometimes we uh, the concept of giftedness. We think about brilliant people. We yes. think about people, but, uh, you know, but but it really your your concept takes it beyond the Warren Buffetts or uh, yep. the um, the Aaron Judges or the, uh, the Tom uh, Brady's or the Frank Minnerths or exactly. people like that. Everybody has some form of giftedness. Sometimes it looks pretty spectacular, yeah. and it's a big thing, and sometimes it's very soft, very quiet, but it's nonetheless yeah. very powerful. Sometimes we think of giftedness and— Is effortlessness. Uh, yeah, it, but it Anything isn't, but. is it? Yeah. No, giftedness only works when the person puts hard work into making it work. Now, the key is they put that hard work in because they have the motivation to do yeah. so. Mm-hmm. It's not drudgery. It's, it's energizing. Thank you for listening to this episode of Encouragement for You with Don Hawkins, host of Encouragement Live Radio and author of over 25 books, including Never Give Up and Master Discipleship Today. You can find more about Don and his books at encouragementlive.org. Encouragement for You is a production of Encouragement Communications with the Salem Web Network and lifeaudio.com. Editing by Phil Gebers, production by Elizabeth Andrade. If you enjoyed what you heard today, we'd love for you to head over to your favorite podcast app and leave us a review. It really does help people find us. Let me take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on Encouragement for You. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Stay encouraged and join us next time for Encouragement for You. Do you want to better understand the Bible and give biblical answers to those who ask you about your faith? 
Hi, this is Perseus Poku, host of the Sound Reasoning Podcast Show. Listen to us weekly as we bring the truth often found in the ivory towers of seminary down to the steeple towers of the local church. Join me along with many of the nation's top theologians as we offer answers to life tough questions from an apologetic perspective. Subscribe to the show at lifeaudio.com.